Are we back? <laughs> yeah, gotcha. <laughs> oh my god. And we're back. Woo! Ooh. We had a bit of a false start there. Oh lord. Hey, we're here. I'm Adam. I'm here with Alex. Yep. And I'm here with Daniel rocking a mighty fine ducks jersey. Um, just Thank to you. answer the question before we started recording, Nick Robertson did sign an ELC at the beginning. Uh, well, he signed. It's the nineteen twenty to twenty twenty one, uh, twenty one twenty two. My God, All right. good stuff. Hey, Daniel. Yes. Happy birthday. Happy Thank you. flipping birthday. We we sung. Well, first of all, we messaged you about one in the morning last night, but you had already gone to bed, so that was a bit mm-hmm. rough. Uh, then we sang you happy birthday when you got onto the Skype call. That was uh, great. But seriously, man, happy birthday. We love you. And I noticed that there's something behind you. You want to tell the listeners what that is? Yes, it's the uh, Michael Keaton Batmobile. I'm pretty happy it just came in. Yes. You got work that Lego. officially all bought Lego. Yeah. <laughs> in, this, in this quarantine. Yeah. yeah. How many pieces is it again? Um, according to the box, it's like 3,000. Damn. Like 3,350. Wow. That's like more than it's not much more, but it's like three slave ones. Wow, that's incredible! Because slave one, I think, is a thousand and seven. Mm. So that's crazy. Damn. You have a Joker minifigure there too, don't you? Yes. I'll take it. Take that. Without a question. Um, but hey, I mean that jersey looks kind of familiar because yeah, it's it's yes, a class. It, it might be the best jersey ever. I think are the those dark those are like the, I think so. Purplish burgundy-ish one. No, it's not burgundy, but like the purple home ones. Yes, mm-hmm. nice too. But the reason that you're wearing that, Daniel, uh, why? Tell me. Oh, today, yeah, I'm excited for this one. I've actually been looking forward to this one. We're talking about the Ducks Cinderella 2003 run to the Stanley Cup Finals. Mm-hmm. Man, I have my Jaguar jersey on 35. Leafs legend John Sebastian Jaguar. Yes. Happy belated birthday to him because yes, we're recording on the seventeenth, of course. Uh, the sixteenth mm-hmm. yesterday was J.S. Jaguar's birthday, so yeah. happy birthday to J.S. Jaguar! Woo! Wow. I mean, what is he the only player who's won the Conn Smythe on a team who hasn't won the cup? Or uh, Ron Hextall? Yeah, Ron Hextall. Man, yeah. you're dumb. Goalies <laughs> well, are so dumb. Hey, um, hey, you know what? Uh, I'll tell you what else is kind of dumb. Um, and that is that I thought Cam Hillis was a defenseman for a while. I got him mixed up with another Habs prospect. I think I, I, I've I've correctly you know separated them before, but over the past few months, I thought Cam Hillis was actually Jordan Harris. Um, but no, like Jordan Harris is the defenseman was on the World Juniors, Northeastern University in the NCAA. But the reason I want to clear this up is so the Habs have signed forward. Center prospect Cam Hillis from the Guelph Storm, their captain, to a three-year entry-level deal. The 19-year-old had 83 points in 62 games played. And from what I have read, he is a defensive player. Um, he was also has some playmaking ability, but and you you know kind of take that at face value in the OHL. But two-way game is very much noted, and I think that's something Habs are going to look forward to having. It sounds like uh, exactly what a center is. <laughs> To exactly. be honest, or what people want centers to be, just yeah. to be clear. Is there such thing as too many centers? Um, no. My Put them on the wing. would be no. 
Exactly. But hey, I'm happy. This basically means that guys like Alan McShane are not going to get deals from the Habs. Amazing uh, name, by the name, by the way. Sorry. Amazing, Amazing name by name, by the way. What, what Alan McShane? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, he can go have an amazing name for another team. What um, What are the other two? Because I know we've talked about it before. I think there were four prospects who mm-hmm. the Habs had to sign, and I guess uh, Bergeron came pretty much came out and said they're only signing one, uh, just because they need roster spots. What are the names of the other prospects the Habs did not sign? Uh, one, of course, we just mentioned was Alan McShane. The yes. other. I are escaping me right now. Uh, at one point, there was talk about Jordan Harris, but he's there's an advantage of him going to Northeastern. Uh, the other ones, I for the life of me cannot remember. I'll but pull yeah, it up. I'll pull it up. Just but yeah, I know one of them for sure was Alan McShane. But it's it's nice to see another prospect sign coming because you always get worried about that. And this is also a, a sign of oh boy, it's with all the drafting developing the Habs do, you start seeing oh boy, they can't. They're starting to not be able to keep everyone, yeah. and it's very, very worrying. Uh, uh, so. Blockbuster the... trades coming in. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's not give Bergeron uh, praise here. Um, there's <laughs> Adams is not impressed. I have the. There's four names here. There's uh, Cole Fonstad, uh, yes. fifth, fifth round pick, uh, Arvid Henriksson. Seventh round pick in 2016, defenseman. Uh, Samuel Oud. Is that how you say it, Adam? Yeah. Oud. Uh, okay. uh, sorry. Fifth round pick in 2018. Yeah. And, and then Alan McShane, obviously. Yeah, they're all prospects that, you know, they, they're probably sealing, sealing their top nine players. Yeah. So if any of, of those group of players, and then if you include Cam Hillis, he's easily the one that has the highest ceiling uh, of, of all of them. And there was um, a, a coaches poll done in the OHL, and Cam Hillis was in a few categories, including playmaking, was always top five, top three. I believe with playmaking, they put they were talking about him just below a guy like Cole Perfetti. Of course, he's not going to be wow. that because he is 19, so he's gone back. He's technically an overager, but still, um, a guy taking a step forward in his development. You love to see really picking up the offensive, um, the off the offense where Nick Suzuki left um, over in Guelph. So you love to see it. And while we're talking about some signings, Alex, the Leafs did some stuff. The Leafs mm-hmm. made a depth. Signing uh, in Adam Brooks, two years, seven hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. It's really not a big deal. Um, I, this, you know, he played a couple games in the NHL this year. It was weird because you know he came during a time where it was like, oh lord, this team. It's just an absolute nightmare sometimes. And you know, you know, I think he could. Like I think he's going to be an NHLer, you know. I think he's twenty four. He's almost twenty five. You know, he could play on the fourth line. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the route the team goes next year, simply because I- I'm imagining one of Janssen or Kapanen uh, is is gonna be traded or Kerfoot. Sorry, Janssen, Kapanen, or Kerfoot. One of those be traded. Uh, you know what? And then it's just a matter of looking at someone like Nick Robertson. Adam Brooks. Uh, there's a couple other guys down there that could probably get another shot. 
I would love to say Jeremy Bracco, but I wouldn't be surprised if he is not on the Leafs roster at the start of next season, whenever that may be. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Adam Brooks fan. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, a lot of people like him. Like, every everyone been, seems to love the guy. Yeah. Oh, I've been cheering for him since, like, yeah, the draft. I remember after – that was 2016, I believe, where uh, after Austin Matthews, they started going kind of off the board with a lot of the picks. Uh, I mean, like, looking back, I like the Joel Wall pick in the third round, but I know, like, they took Adam Brooks 91st overall, and he's those guys, it's like a Brett Lisa to me, you know, he's an overager that went back to the draft, gets selected, and then you just have to cheer for him. Right. I have their draft up here. Just give me one second. It, yeah, he was 90. Oh, my God. Okay. It was Matthews, then uh, Korshkov, who played a game. And got a goal. Mm-hmm. I think to, was Debrinkat. Was that the Debrinkat one? Yes, because, and Carter Hart. Yeah, because everyone was round. absolutely livid that uh, the Leafs didn't pick uh, Debrinkat with that pick. Yeah, because obviously I was you're not taking Debrinkat with um, you're not taking Debrinkat with first overall, right? But you have the chance to take him thirty first overall. The thing that bothered me don't. was, yeah, they took Joel Wall at the beginning of the third round. Yeah. When they could have had Carter Hart in the second round. Well, I mean, th- to be fair, I know. Piece, you never know. I mean, right. I'm looking quickly at that draft, too. Yeah, you bring up that, um, you bring up Joseph Wall. Also, I just realized, oh, boy, Adam Fox. I forgot that Calgary selected that guy in the third round. Decent yes. pick. Too bad he didn't stick around. I can't believe he's well, been on he, three teams already. He was part. He was uh, Adam Fox was part of the Dougie Hamilton trade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then he wouldn't sign with Carolina. Yeah. And they traded him to New York. Man. I mean, at least like Carolina got decent value for him. It just I think because he also told Calgary too he's not going to sign there. Right. They need defensemen. So, I, I mean, hey, wh- who did they get back in that deal? In which which Carolina? Oh, no, yeah, no, you, yeah, it was Draft the Hamilton picks. blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. And then, yeah, they got a couple second-rounders for him. Second, A second-round pick and then, like, a third-round pick. Yeah. Which, yeah. I would argue, it, I mean, he he's an art. Like, he's not re-signing with your team to get anything back. It's it's yeah. really not that bad. I think they traded that pick because uh, it says 2019 second round pick Mad Sogard, which Ottawa uh, drafted that player. So they must have maybe traded. I think they traded down. You know, Carolina had yeah. a hell of a 2019. Yeah, honestly, they Man. killed it in that draft. It was capped off by signing Splash Nyaho to a fantastic value deal. Yeah. They're just thanking Mark Bergevin right now. Thank you. Man, I'll stand it. Also, uh, guys, everyone passed on DeBrincat. Can Leaf fans stop getting upset about that? And I mean, if you want to get mad, the Habs. See, remember how everyone got upset that Andrew Shaw was acquired back from Chicago? So the, that the Blackhawks traded for Shaw back from Montreal. Yes. And they gave up a second and a third. Well, the Habs gave up two seconds to get Shaw in the first place, and one of those picks were the pick that Chicago used to select Alex DeBrincat. So, 
You weren't the ones that gave him the pick, so simmer down, people. Oh, it's just so annoying to bring Cat. Oh, Chicago. It's okay. It's, it's like a trade off thing. You got Alex Romanoff. No, but that, but that was for the Deneau deal. That was I didn't know. Yeah, it's just kind of like I feel like they cancel out each other for those like early second rounders. I mean, in a way. If, I mean, 40 goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, wait, if Caulfield pans out, then that'll help me forget. It'll be anyway, fine, yeah. Uh, we'll go to some news, some sad news. Uh, so Dave Andrews, uh, the uh, commissioner of the AHL, announced that for the first time since 1936, the AHL will not be awarding their Calder Cup. Their season is now done. Alex, yeah. this is a, a, a really a disaster, not only for the AHL itself, but... For poor Scott Housen, who has to take over from Dave Andrews next season. Yeah, I think he just uh, got the job. I think it yeah. would have been um, in a couple months. June is when in Andrews June. was done. In yeah. June. It, it's not, to be honest, it's not a big surprise uh, to me. Simply because if you think about uh, how the AHL is run, it is heavily reliant on uh, gate revenue. And we're not going to see people in arenas probably for the rest of the year. If that's if what people are saying is true, uh, I know the NHL is looking at you know December or January. Um, well, first as start dates, but just as like an idea of when the hell we're going to get people back in arenas. And I think uh, Andrews was on Hockey Central th- last week or the week before. I can't remember. And he was saying, yeah, like we have uh, plans to start in November. We have plans to start in December and plans to start in January. Because for a, t- a league like the AHL, they cannot it- – it's very difficult to survive for them without gate revenue. Because who's – what? like they don't have lucrative TV deals. Uh, I think the NBA came out, there was a statistic that came out that uh, 40% of league revenue is uh, gate, is gate revenue. Uh-huh. And and the a, uh, the NHL is more than that. I believe it was, it's almost like a 50-50 split. Um, and, and the AHL, the gate revenue is a, probably a big majority because who's what, like, when was the last time you saw... Uh, AHL on TV. I think I've seen Marley's games a few times a year on TSN. The, yeah, the big Senators, sorry, the um, the the Belleville Senators take on the Toronto Marlies today. Yeah, there's more OHL games on normally than AHL. Uh, yeah, I remember when the Score had a channel and uh, they used to have Toronto Roadrunner games there. <laughs> oh my God. And the Saint John Maple Leafs. I remember that. Good Lord. Yeah. Back I, in the day. You talk about gate, and I remember seeing a tweet from it was actually from the it was the Ducks or the Kings. They were tweeting at the San Jose Barracuda, the yeah. Sharks AHL affiliate, and I think it was just they were making fun of them for you know celebrating and the fact that their arena was empty. And this was clear yeah. in this year, so and I remember like the Barracuda shot back of like, "Wow, you're gonna make it, it was this year, make. yes, yes." But I mean, you already look at the the fragile state of attendance for the AHO as is, and then taking a, like thinking about how they may not even be able to get gate in next season. Yeah. You just think of how critical a situation this is it, for the AHL. It's really critical. And 
and I think we've t- we've talked about the AHL before. Like you look at, imagine if Cole Caulfield signed signed with the Mar- uh, with the Canadians, and let's say you know he's not NHL ready yet. Now what are you going to do with him? You can't send him to the AHL because there's no AHL season. It, I hear the Zurich Lions are looking for goal scorers. The what? The Zurich Lions. Lions. <laughs> It's a tough. It's a tough thing to deal. Like I don't think the. In my opinion, I don't think the AHL starts their season if there's if they can't have fans because it's not realistic for them because they're going to be losing tons of money and I think it's about half the teams in the league um, are are not owned are not owned by NHL teams. Yeah. Right. So that's. Probably about fifteen, just owners just losing money. I mean, and you you can't even expect an NHL team or and the NHL to fully go and support those teams that don't you know have NHL direct ownership because it's not like the league itself. I mean, it, you know, the NHL has any money to spare right now because no. they're in the same situation. So it's really, I mean, I don't know what you can do. I, and I think at this point, you know, let's say the season does return, which you know you're looking at all, uh, looking at a couple other leagues doing the same thing. Obviously, UFC had three fights in uh, three fight nights in a week. I mean, it seems like so far, right as of right now, it seems like you know they only had one positive test, and then the rest of the week went quite smooth. Or three, technically, a fighter and two cornermen got uh, tested positive, and the rest of the week felt like it went quite smoothly. Um, you look at uh, a couple, or the Bundesliga in Germany started this weekend. Uh, seemed like we'll see what the outcome is over the next few weeks. NASCAR starting again. Um, Formula One, the couple races are actually going to be live uh, later on in the summer. So we'll see how those goes before. But we, it, it's possible we do see NHL um, hockey finish off the season whether that be the regular season and the playoffs or just the playoffs so at that point you have to decide what not only is is it now not it's difficult now because they have to figure out what are we doing with the playoffs and what are we doing with the draft Mm -hmm. but now they have to decide okay now that the ahl season is canceled what are we going to do with the players that are usually in the uh in the ahl Right, we're yeah. looking. So let's look at the Leafs. Like, there's a group of people who are usually go- going to be called up. the the uh, The Laval Rocket probably have guys who are probably usually like, who are probably going to be called up at some point if they finish out the regular season. What do you do th- there? That's an another thing that the NHL has to deal with. And I think there were reports that they're going to have obviously bigger rosters. I think that was going to be the case either way because. Imagine coming back and listen, I'm no professional athlete. I'm just taking the words of like Anthony Stewart, Justin Bourne, all these guys who are saying, yeah, like they need training camp. But even a three week training camp, there's probably going to be a load of injuries because it's the playoffs. Yeah. And the playoffs are rougher. Right. So you're going to have those expanded rosters uh, anyways. Borrowing from baseball. That's a. Thing they always do yeah isn't that what uh they were talking about i know baseball is a whole different situation there's a mm-hmm. i think the cba is running out or yeah uh, is that the case 
Yeah, it is. Um, they know what they're going to do. So they're talking about expanded rosters too, like just throughout the entire year. Yeah. So I think a lot of team, a lot of leagues here are going to have to, in some way, remodel the roster system or something because it's it's not going to look the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Daniel. Yes. Thoughts. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it, like Alex is bring up a good point. Like what we're gonna do now with the whole thing with this season going on with the AHL. Um, where do you really put all these guys? And when we like talk about like, yeah, expanded rosters, like you still want to see that development, but at the same time too, like you're just gonna see those guys like on the cusp who are making it to the expanded rosters. I think at this point, um, but I, I think it is a huge loss. Like I think you know like. When I think about like the AHL, when we talk about it, it is true. Like the amount of lost revenue and I guess opportunities, because when we talk about like that TV thing, you know, not everyone is going to be like, you know, let's watch that minor league team, in right. a way. Like I know Marley's games do get a lot of people, but like I'll compare them to like the San Diego Seagulls, right? Where they're lucky to get like half of half an arena full. Mm-hmm. And, and I think fair. from a TV standpoint, the, the Marlies are also lucky because they're owned by the the Leafs, and the Leafs have a freaking TV channel. They have an actual TV channel. I, how many teams? I know MSG, uh, Mas. Oh my God, what's the Mass in Square Garden? They have their own TV channel too. So, but how many professional sports teams have their own TV channel? Is there Habs TV? No. No. Okay. But, but all the French, all the French, um, base broadcasting, all do try and do Lavalian. So no, there, there isn't Habs, you know, Channel de Canadien, a okay, a Laval rocket. Um, I just thought I'd quickly read you guys a pair of tweets from Pierre LeBrun from a few hours ago. Quote, uh, good old Pierre, love Pierre. Who doesn't? Quote, sources indicate the return to play committee has talked throughout the weekend. NHL, NHLPA making progress on the 2014 format. Sources also stress. Sorry, sources also stressing there's still work to be done. But clearly, the weekend has produced some traction. More talk expected over the next day or two. Second tweet. Again, tough to handicap at this point whether a format gets agreed upon this week or not. But uh, but definitive progress. A reminder that the NHL has a board of governors call Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, and that the league may announce decision on the draft this week. And boy, man. Everyone, everything got really, really, really quiet about the draft really quickly. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's that's really funny. Um, but I thought just a quick little update there. So it sounds like probably uh, our Wednesday show. Uh, we're talking about Back to the Future, right? Yes, we, correct. We, we may have some hockey news by then. Maybe mm-hmm. something significant. Uh, also, uh, everyone, go give Thirty One Thoughts a read this week because Alec Freeman goes into maybe some discussions about how what each one's the book. The book. Hey, listen. God bless. If I ever get to see Elliot Freeman again, I'm just gonna. I, I just want to shake his hand. I was I could imagine Adam just going up to Elliot, Elliot Friedman and giving him a hug. I would for sure take a picture, and that would yeah. be the next post on the Two on One Podcast Instagram page. If you're not <laughs> following it, you should go follow it. Exactly. Check out the YouTube channel as well. Of course. But I just, I think, I, I just go to LA and I'd say, 
Okay, so first of all, you and CJ, thank you for Saturday nights because you helped fill the podcast on Sunday. <laughs> and thank you for sharing your thoughts on Wednesdays because you just like you, you just fill helped. the podcast. You fill the the Wednesday podcast. Podcast hockey podcasters everywhere should thank Elliot for yeah. All right, bring him gifts. Maybe something to help with the balls fart he's got uh, going <sighs> back. But hey, he embraces it like a champ. We love uh, him regardless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yo, man, he's a champion. I love Elliot Freeman, one of my favorite people in sports. Uh, so, Daniel, I want to ask you something here because we talked about uh, Bracket last week with the Vancouver Canucks. You know that guy. Um, we, you know, we, you know about laughing at the Canucks. It's our favorite thing to do on the Two and One it's podcast. Favorite thing to do. Yeah, my favorite thing to do. Yeah, of course. Uh, but we have a <laughs> executive leaving a team by the sounds of it. So I want to ask you, Daniel, we talked about the Canucks and how important drafting has been to them over the past few years. I want to ask you about the LA Kings and Scott Wheeler, obviously, uh, throughout the year, he had, uh, in the Athletic, he ranked every NHL team's uh, farm system. And do you remember who number one was on that list? For which one? Sorry, can you say that again? It... Uh, the Athletic, Scott Wheeler's Athletic series on uh, ranking every NHL team's uh, rank uh, farm system. Sorry. Do you remember what team was ranked number one? Was it the LA Kings? No. It was the LA Kings. Yes, LA Kings. Yes. The big part of that is Mike Fuda. Uh, this is a guy who, I'm sorry you all saw Rachel Dory's tweet about how this, and she encapsulated it perfectly. I'm going to paraphrase her tweet here. That every time there is a job, a general manager, a president, and somebody, some team is looking for someone to fill that spot, it's Mike Fuda who they talk about. And the Kings have announced that they will not be renewing this guy's deal. Daniel, I want to ask, what are your initial thoughts on the fact that Mike Fuda and the LA Kings are now going separate ways? I was really surprised at that. I remember uh, reading Elliot Friedman's statement on it. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, the typical thing. We appreciate the contributions. You know, thank you for the effort and dedication. You're not a former uh, player, so you can't stay. Yeah. Um, so, was it Mark Mark Iannetti is the one who's going to be uh, running the draft now? But, yeah, like, I has a huge list of, like, guys he's taken. And it's surprising that, you know, for the state of where the Kings are, they're going to do this kind of shake-up now because they had so much consistency. It, 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 was Sorry, was he brought in during the Dean Lombardi uh, uh, days? I believe so. Cause that yeah, was, 2017, yeah. Right, so I think that was one of the things, too, is that Dean Lombardi left, and now who's running the Kings? Now the name's not coming to me. I believe it's Rob Blake. Rob, yeah, and, and I think there wasn't uh, there was issues. I think they were talking about Hockey Central at, at, at noon, um, and it just seemed like they weren't really compatible. Is the uh, impression that I got mm-hmm. um, from what yeah. they were talking about? So that's probably one of the reasons he was leaving. I, I think. Oh, sorry. No, go, go, go ahead. I think it's like these yeah type of things like I agree with Alex kind of happens where like you know you don't see eye to eye and coupled with the fact like you know it's not your guy you brought in yeah kind of want that clean slate but man like looking back at those picks he's had even when he didn't have a first rounder in 2016 like he still was able to get Kale Clog Clyde Clake Clake I always got that like 51st and then you know he's had injury problems but like Gabe Velarde looked pretty good Scored in his first game. Yeah, he has seven points in ten games this year. As a rookie on the Kings. Yeah, it, you know, I I look at uh, the teams in the league right now. 
um, and who needs a general 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 manager? My God, sorry. Well, be, well, before we before we go, there, I, I just one thing I wanted to talk about first was was the fact that I look at the Kings and I realize okay, it's Rob Blake and Luke Robitaille who are kind of running the ship there. Right. Just so happened to be, I believe Rob Blake has a statue there actually. Yeah. Um, like these are two. And, and if there's any, we talk about the reason, I don't know if I actually said it, but the reason it's so important to talk about drafting and developing with Mike Food, he's not a director of amateur scouting, but he is the guy who has the eye for those players. He's like John Brackett. He just, just doesn't have the official decision. Is and he I, assistant GM? Is that his official role? Yes, he was assistant yeah. GM. Or he was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, until the contract's officially done. Yeah, he, he's yeah. basically gone. I just don't understand. You look at Vegas, and it looks like it was very easy for George McPhee to say, I'm going to step to the side here, and I'm going to give this to Kelly McCrimmon. I understand if you don't maybe don't get along with the guy, but the Blackhawks, before Stan Bowman lost his mind, no one liked each other there, and they had so much success. I don't understand why, like, I, I don't want to accuse them of having the boys club thing, but it feels like it is that you couldn't clearly it looks like this is the guy for the job. There's a reason he gets so much attention. Right. And instead, it, you know what? Nah, it, you can go. You know, when I look at it, I don't know necessarily if it's a boys club thing. I just think it's a matter. I mean, it could be, you know, let's see who they end up hiring um, after. But I, I think it's more of, you know, it's not my guy. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and you saw it. My, my big example is is with the Leafs. Obviously, you know, you look at Kyle Dubas. The day, he, sorry, the day he came in, the day he came in, it was evident that um, he, Mike Babcock, was not going to be coach for much longer. Mm-hmm. And you know, they butted heads for two and a half years or a year and a half. How long was it? Am I going insane? How, it felt like two yeah, and a like, half years. It might not even have been two and a half years. It could easily have been a year Mike, and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it was a year and a half. You know, they constantly butted heads for a year and a half. I think it was just a matter of them bringing in, um, the, wanting to bring in their own guy. What do you think, Daniel? I kind of feel like that too. It's just, you know, we, we look at like the draft success. We look at all these things, all these factors. And at the same time too, I, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, we always forget that business side of things where, you know, you, you kind of want your own, you want your own people around you. Mm-hmm. And when if this guy wasn't fitting in, I think like it's those type of things where he outgrew that his position. I think, like, I think he wants to be a GM and, Maybe he expressed it, maybe he didn't, we don't know, but I think it's at a point now where, you know, he knows he's going to be a hot commodity, mm-hmm. and the Kings were just rather say, you know, we're not going to just renew it, just let him do what he wants. All right, uh, and Alex, go. Let's, let's go back, you were asking, sorry, you were talking about maybe teams that would hire him? Yeah, for or- me, I think there's uh, two teams that stand out to me, and there's one possible team, um, depending on the way they want to go. Uh if I'm New Jersey, you know, we already know they called uh, Mike Gillis and they interviewed him. I, I think they should call Mike Fuda and say, hey, like, let's bring you in here. Let's let's figure this out. They've already started drafting well. You look at the assets there. They've gotten back this year. They can get more assets, you know, for someone like Kyle Palmieri next year. 
um, that's definitely someone they should definitely. Oh my god, that's definitely someone they should look at bringing in. Um, the the second team is is Buffalo, and you know Jason Bottle's been here for how many seasons? Not it seems like nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. It really seems like nothing's changed. Seems like the, it's the same issue mm-hmm. that was there before. Um, they need a new voice. It, it, it maybe it's a new voice. It seemed like things were getting better. I don't think the answer is to fire fire Ralph Kruger. From every single player I've heard talk from Buffalo, no one's said a bad word about Ralph Kruger. No, it's exactly the opposite. They love him. Uh, the third team, and this is an interesting one for me, is Arizona. And, oh, and really? I'll, expl- I'll explain why. But that's what it's a the reason it's a possible one. Like I don't think it's really gonna happen. Is you know they're on this. There's a whole scandal going on right now with the um, what did they do? They the just fired draft. their. Oh. Do you not remember sir, the draft? They, no, sir. They, I thought you were about to talk about them firing their president. Wait, what? What thing at the draft? They they pre scouted or they did the oh yeah yes and the league was gonna find them but they haven't made a decision yet mm-hmm. you know I don't know how far it, far up it went but if John Chaikas was involved I don't see how you don't uh, you don't discipline him mm-hmm. and I think Mike Fuda would be another guy to just bring in just you know it, it seems like scouting really is his uh, is his forte. And I, there's, there seems like, I, I don't know what the issue is in Arizona, but it's just another guy that could go into Arizona, in my opinion. Does he speak French? I have no idea. He could learn. He will learn. learn. No, you're yeah. not. You're not allowed to learn. You can. You you have to speak French before you get the job. Okay, <laughs> it's a requirement. Uh, what about you, Daniel? Do you see any potential teams that Mike Fuda could go to? A guy, there's always interest for this guy. He's always, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I remember, like reading the article where, like I think I just mentioned where maybe he does want to be GM. And you know, the Sportsnet article, like I referred to, Elliot Freeman, they said he was considered a potential candidate for the Carolina Hurricanes at the time before he stayed with the Kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, not there, but I agree with Alex. Buffalo for sure. They need a new voice. Um, I remember I forgot it was probably like a year ago where I read one article I believe it was from Sportsnet where he talked about the Sabres where yeah they have this young talent but like you know like with the exception of like Victor Olofsson like they do not know how to draft outside of the first round and they def- they need they they need like someone who's you know has those scouting capabilities to really help them because like they're not finding any depth. That's true. Yeah, it's really the guys who are going. Sam Reinhart, top ten. Yeah. Eichel would be a first round, first overall if he wasn't behind McDavid in any other draft. Uh, stuff like that. So I think it's very fair. Uh, do we have anything else to say when it comes to the leagues? Mike Food, anything, or are we good to move on to the main event? Of we evening? are good to move on. I'm good. Retro review. Man, I wish we had. What's the name of the? Is it Jimmy Buffer? The UFC's announcer dude? Brian Buffer. Brian Buffer? Who's Jimmy? Is that his brother? He does have a, a brother, and he does the boxing. Yeah, his, his brother is uh, like the one, the famous one, who says, let's get ready to run. It runs in the... It's Bruce Buffer, not Brian. I don't oh. know why I thought Bruce, Brian. 
Uh, it, it, it's funny. It runs in the family. Yeah. Great voices. <laughs> That's what we need. We need Bruce Buffer to yeah. do our retro yes. review. Daniel, yes. take, take it away. The The reins are yours. You're like Jack Skellington trying to make his own Christmas here. Uh, yes. I no. love There we go. Maybe, maybe we'll watch that movie another time. Maybe we never know. We'll see. Okay. If you check the May schedule, I have. I, know, I saw I that, yeah. So your Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm leaning towards Nightmare Before Anyway, though, uh, that's that's a later episode of Bizarre Adventure. For Today, sure. All the Mighty Ducks. So go ahead, my friend. Yes. So I'm excited, you know. Um, why not? You know, kind of worked on my birthday. Also, Jean-Sebastien Jaguar's birthday the day before. But I am happy that we're going to look at the 2003 Mighty Ducks. And I guess, like, based on what we were talking about, the notes we've had, I guess the ripple effect as well of this run, which was so unexpected. Right. Um, so, like, a few notes we'll start with. Was they finished seventh in the West, and they went against that, you know, that Detroit Red Wings team, that dynasty team that had, like, Luke Robitaille, Brett Hall, Brendan Shanahan, um, not Dominic not Hashik, Curtis Joseph, before, when he left the Leafs. That was kind of hard, I remember, at the time. Hall of Fame. Hall of yeah. Fame. Hall of Famer. Nicholas Lindstrom. Um, who else did they have? A young Pavel Datsuk playing on the third line. Was would Henrik Zetterberg be on that team, or was he not there yet? Um, I'll look up the two thousand. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I think he might have been. Um, because I know he won the cup. Not he didn't win the. He only won the cup in '08. Um, okay. but yeah, like looking back on this team, no one kind of thought. Like you looked at their top six. You know, they had superstar Paul Correa, but after that, it kind of falls off offensively, even defensively. Like they didn't really have too many guys, but. Yes, they go in. Uh, first round, they kind of establish things. They sweep the defending champions. Um, I guess we could start there. If you guys want to? This is Detroit's roster. It was um, Sean Avery. My dog. <laughs> Maybe the names you're going to recognize. Chris Chelios, Pavel Tatsu, Chris Draper, Sergei Fedorov, Thomas Holtrum, Brett Hull, Curtis Joseph, um, Nicholas Lidstrom, My Luke. Lord. What? Freddie Shanahan. Wow. Uh, and guess what? Henrik Zetterberg had 22 goals. Uh, Good continue. Lord. <laughs> That's yes. the, the, um, the, the, the Detroit team that you're talking about. God. Yes. Yeah, so, yes, they come in and they sweep that team. I know a lot of them were in overtime, but still kind of crazy. You win, you win. You win, you win. Yes. Um, you know, if that didn't already shock the league... They go into the next they, round. They don't ask uh, you how you won. They ask you how many you won. Okay? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, they go into the second round. They face the Dallas Stars that just won the President's Trophy that year with a uh, superstar Marty Turco. Um, so and they, they weren't going to win the cup. We know that. Yes. Um, <laughs> and they beat the Ducks beat them in six games. You know, another upset. Um, get what? into the next. Yes, go on. Sorry, go on. just let me ask you this, Daniel. Um, if if you had to put a reasoning as to why they've won these series so far, why why is it? Uh, I'm gonna have to say Jay Shiger, <laughs> and not in a biased way. <laughs> you mean it wasn't uh, Mike Babcock? You should have just you should have just turned around and chose the back of your chair. Oh yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. That was a memorable team. Like, you know, that's how I got to know Mike Babcock. For a while, I thought he kind of looked like Emilio Estevez. I thought he looked like a distant cousin of Coach Bombay. 
<laughs> oh my god. Maybe it was just me being a kid, but that's what I kind of thought of. Uh, yeah, that year also, you know, they go to the conference finals. Jagir gets three shutouts against the Wild. Like, the Wild score one goal in that whole series. That's a good point. <sighs> Dude, he, like ha- if- he has three shutouts in a row, correct? Yeah. Uh, game four is the only time he let in one goal. Wow. They won 2-1 the Ducks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just quickly before we move on. I don't know if you see the, see the notes, Adam. But oh, Daniel's, Daniel's the most j- journalistic person ever. He he <laughs> put J.S. Shiger's stats and then he, he linked it to <laughs> HockeyReference.com. <laughs> And he's like, according to hockeyreference.com. I said, yeah, but <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll listen up. Believe it. <laughs> I think about the. Point. I think about the uh, the stats that Adam and I have put in the document, and I don't think we've ever done that. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Keep going. My bad. No, it's funny. Interesting. If we like talk about the stats, like we say, Jaguar was the main factor here. Like he went fifteen and six, a point nine four five save percentage, um, and goals against average one point six two, and he had five shutouts. Good God. I'm gonna get up Mark Andre Fleury's numbers from Vegas's run because everyone talked about how amazing he was there, just so we can you know compare it. Because that no, is not the same. Read that again, please, Daniel. Uh, fifteen and six, a point nine four five save percentage, and a one point six two goals against average with five shutouts. That is so dumb. How oh do you, God. Daniel? What do you remember about watching that performance? Um, to be honest, like I was already. <laughs> Kind of like, you know, when you're a kid, like a little kid, you don't really like look at it too much. But I'm like, oh, look, the Mighty Ducks. I love the movies. So I have to like every year I cheered for this team. And then they make this run. And like, I already like Jigar because I always like, you know, I'm same thing with Adam. I love the goalies. Plus, you know, I love his equipment, you know, the green and the purple or turquoise, I guess. And yeah, like looking at that, like I remember with Paul Korea, you know, that was a big thing for me, you know, Asian captain that this was just like a team that like you know it's the most complete team for me that i i had to follow and uh it, w- it was weird it was just like you know i thought they were gonna win like i always i thought of like there's no way like they could they could lose mm-hmm. uh just for the comparison uh so mark andre flurry in 2017 18 those vegas and cinderella run uh, he went 20-13-7, and seven, had a, only a 2.24 goals against average and a 9.27 save percentage. Huh. So that's just a, a nice reference to how wicked J.S. Yair was. That's, I, I don't know what to say other than it's incredible that uh, that you can put up with those kind of numbers that deep into a play. I remember Flurry had, I think his save percentage was in the 940s after the series against the Kings, mm-hmm. and somehow Jaguar put that up to a cup final. Again, yeah. and you bring up those rosters. How the hell did you keep out Datsuk, Robotai, and all those guys? Shanahan. What? I know. That, that was pretty insane. It's Man. incredible. And for reference, like, we'll talk about, like, the offensive players they had in that, like, you know, their top scorer was Adam Oates and Peter Sikora. They had 13 points in 21 games. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, uh, like, oh, oh, no. go on. Go I on. mean, it says uh, Daniel wrote down there were six players with at least eleven points, so I guess yeah. they were getting scoring from everyone. Yeah, which I like guess the, is a good thing. I I don't know. You know, you put up numbers like Jas Jaguar. I, I don't I don't even know what to say. Hey, hey. Which which one of you can which one of you put up this fact about the Niedermeyer brothers and their mom? Oh yeah, that was uh yeah that was something that uh is pretty funny. So you know Rob Niedermeyer he's playing the third line center for the Ducks and then Scott playing for the Dynasty Devils. Um, it's kind of funny. His like when they they said his mom actually was cheering for Rob because like Scott already had two cups with the Devils. Right. So they're like, well, Rob to at least get one. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was pretty funny. Um, like I think I it's pretty hard, like I remember seeing it on TSN like years back, but they would show like his mom in the stand, and she always had a Muddy Ducks jersey on, even if the game was in New Jersey. Well, I mean, it is. It's a pretty nice jersey. It is. it is. It is. Um, if we talk about this, like, yeah, it was a crazy time for me in hockey. Like, you know, this is was probably the year where like it really kind of picked up for me growing up um this is when i'm like you know i i yeah we always talk about it like you know i've always been a leafs fan but it's just you know you cannot ignore the ducks at this point um and yeah it felt weird to me because like this was a year after like salt lake city olympics so you know i'm all on like you know broder and then suddenly in the finals i'm cheering against the guy yeah, you know, I felt like Adam at that point. You know, even before I met Adam, <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was the only time you would ever cheer against Martin Brodeur. Yes, <laughs> man. Shout out to whoever in the Google Docs and is an anonymous jackalope, by the way. <laughs> I think that's Daniel. Oh, that's, that's funny. A- Anyway. Yeah, like we could move on to like you know they 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 sweep the Minnesota Wild. You know, in a way, I'm I'm thinking about this now. The Wild beat the Colorado Avalanche in the first round, so it was kind of like Adam should be cheering for the Ducks because when they beat the Wild, uh, when the Wild beat the Abs in the yeah. first round, that was Patrick Waugh's last game. I was about to say yeah, that that was the series that made Patrick say yeah I'm out. <laughs> yeah, they upset them. So yeah. yeah. I guess Adam's all ducks now here too. I guess. Oh so. yeah. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Minnesota Wild made Patrick Wall retire. That is uh, heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess uh, yeah. We'll move on to like the finals, and you know that Devils team. You know, like let let's see who they had. They had a prime Martin Broder. Yeah. Decent. They had Scott Niedermeyer, Brian Rafalski, Scott Stevens, and wow. Ken Dianko as their top four defensemen. <laughs> Just Stevens and Niedermeyer alone. Yeah, I was watching a clip the other day, and it was uh, it was this NHL streamer, really big fan. His name's QBC Productions. Check him out, ladies and gentlemen. A really funny guy. I swear to a lot. So maybe Eric Hoff. But he was he was watching highlights of his streams, and he's like, "I'm gonna show you guys the moment Eric Lindros was never the same," and it was when Scott Stevens just destroyed him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean. Stevens, you talk about him, man. If you, you can just watch him end people's career, and it's a normal hit from back in back then. It's yeah, it's like another world. It's unfortunate too, because like you know, we know in like the finals here, that's what he did to Paul Korea, the same thing. 
Um, was that when Korea scored? He came back later, but he didn't remember it because he because he had just been Scott Stevened. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, he like he didn't remember it, and then he said like I think ten years after looking back, he shouldn't have come back to the game. Oh like, yeah, they always say that afterwards, right? That's always yeah. the issue. Is that, mm, yeah, we shouldn't have done it. But then there's people who are still saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. He came back. We're only removing years of his life. And you know what? Let's tack on some CTE because there's not any research on that. Science doesn't exist. For sure. That was like kind of a scary moment as well. Like I didn't, I, I didn't know what was going on with that. Like when I was watching out my family and everything. And I don't know, it just... Like, I've always had, like, this weird thing with Scott Stevens. Like, you know, he played for the Olympics. He's always been, like, that captain that, I don't know, Lula Morello loves. Like, those type of captains. But it's, like, those type of plays he does that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like, a weird... It's, like, a mixed legacy for me, to be honest. He's because, a Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, like, it also, too, it's like, it was, like, at the tail end of things, you know, where the lockout happens and then, you know, concussions start to, like have more attention on them and more research on them and it's just kind of a thing where it's like you know just a mixed bag yeah he's scott stevens is like the perfect like you know comparable to show how the game has changed yeah he really is freaking man you're the game's not fun anymore (laughs) anyway sorry (laughs) with this discussion we've had before continue this is really interesting i won't lie it's mm-hmm. like I've done the research, but like I've tried purposely try to like like leave a lot of this up in the air because obviously this is I think I had just moved to Canada when this all happened. Like the year after I moved here is when the ducks were them. It's like it's it's kinda like reading about the Roman Empire almost to me. <laughs> really? It's very interesting. And like I'm I'm no because I'm, I'm looking That's by ahead far the weirdest comparison, but okay. I don't know. It's just it's like it's like history. I love yeah. history. Right? Yes, yes. So, All right, cool. Like if you wanted, like you remember how we 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 praised like the F one driver survive stuff. If yeah. you want, like I'm I'm looking at this quick stuff about the ducks. And if you wanted to make a Netflix original series, I mean, this is this yeah. is my material. Sorry, Daniel, continue with your thing. But I just I I agree, man. Yeah, I agree. That'd be great. Like you there's been yeah. there's been like videos on this, but not the way that you know. You know, with the Netflix technology, I guess, and exposure, yeah, like they could do something great. I, I yeah. really think if they have the footage, and I'm not comparing it to this documentary, it's just simply the the it thing now. It is, I it wouldn't put up the same type of numbers. Is they could make a documentary like The Last Dance, right? Like what they're doing with Michael mm-hmm. Jordan. Um, they could do it with this team, and I think f- for. The no, compared to numbers that hockey puts up, I think it would do fairly well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I agree. But it would not put anything, put up numbers anything close to like what the Last Dance is putting up. Just to be yeah. clear, <laughs> that documentary is apparently spectacular. Mon- it's monumental. Yeah, I I'm trying to actually. It. I'm trying to like wait for all the episodes and so I'll just watch I, it all in one go. Yeah. I, Same. I, yeah. I, I, Everyone's. I see a lot of people like, yeah. There's no way I could. I don't know how. Like, maybe I'm just used to it. Like, I'm thinking about all the shows I watch. There's no way. Like, I watch them all. Just I just pound through them. It's like I don't know. It's hard. 
been spoiled. Hey, hey, um, sorry. I don't mean to derail everything again. No I know worries. how it's, I know how annoying it is. Alex, where are you in Clone Wars? Oh, season oh, two, man. episode We're ten. Ask this again. Season Daniel? two, and I started on Wednesday. Okay, uh, Daniel, where where? <laughs> I actually haven't watched it right. <laughs> since the last. I've been watching too much Formula One. Oh my Drive God. to survive. <laughs> I didn't finish that in a day. Okay. Oh, wow. Man, we should have watched season one first. By the way, right? So, me your ways. It is so very much changed my view, and yeah. I think I'm gonna watch it now. Anyway, sorry. Shit. I did yeah. my job. No I worries. did my job. Alright, we're at the finals now against okay. the Devils. They take him to Game 7. You know, of course, they lose in Game 7, 3-0. Um, but the big thing here, and, you know, we've talked about it before, but Jaya Shiger wins the Conn Smythe despite being on the losing team. Yeah, there's no reason he shouldn't. If what, How many points would a player have to put up in a playoff, in the full playoffs, to say, hey... I've been better than J.S. Jaguar. I, uh, I would say... Hold like, on. 50 points. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I would say you would need to put up... How about 36 points in 24 games? Who yeah. did that? Uh, Evgeny Malkin in the 0-9 playoffs when Pittsburgh won their cup. Their first cup. Yeah, that was Sidney Crosby and Malkin. Yeah. Th- this is stupid numbers. This is stupid. F- he went 15 and 6, a 945 save percentage. Hey, um, when did Hextall win it when, when he wasn't a cup champ? I want to compare those numbers. Um, I believe when, when did Philly go to the finals? Man, I have no idea. Um, let me check. Like, the, like, Hextall is another, like, one of those goalies, right? That he's, he's, Known for as much of his, but he was known for his fists more than this go, even though he was yeah. a damn. Oh, 1987. 1987. Okay, hold on. Okay. Oh, so that, oh, I, I was good. I don't think I can compare it. Never mind. Those are very weird numbers because uh, <laughs> that is a different error. Yeah. Man. Oh, they lost to the Oilers. Oh, hey, Wayne. Oh, I hit a nine weight save percentage. That's like, I don't even know what that would be today. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so that. That happens, and, you know, that's crazy. You know, like, the Ducks are on the map. Like, to be honest, like, you know, people were still thinking of them. But, like, I think this is, for me personally, what I believe is this is the transition where they take away that whole thing of the Disney novelty that we were talking about with the movies. And they're like, no, this is a legitimate team now that could actually compete. Because, like, before this, they were always getting eliminated in the first round. Well, they or were, not even making the playoffs. And I think we, we got... We got a little bit spoiled with Vegas uh, mm. because you know they they just drafted a phenomenal team uh, of people who were like mm, I don't know who you are, and then just turned out to be really good. Like you look at the team, a lot of them were guys we didn't really know much about. Like other mm. than there was the Mark Andre Fleury, the Marcia, so, uh was they were all those guys were pretty darn good and then they just absolutely blew everyone away whereas before you know it took time for teams to develop Mm -hmm. especially expansion teams and you look at like Ottawa you look at Washington like their first year was god awful 
Yeah, and it's like a surprising thing too is like if you look back, the Ducks have never had a first overall pick. Really? Up, yeah, up until this point, like their highest pick was like second. It was like Oleg Tevardoski, who was <laughs> traded for Timo Solani. Bobby Ryan. Bobby Ryan was second after, yeah, after 2005. Damn. Almost got Crosby. Almost. I know. Like, their latest highest pick, like, if we're going to go to, like, the modern years, has been Hampus Lindholm at sixth. Right. Right. That's, hey, that's a credit to them and their scouting ability, eh? Yeah. So, for me, like, this is what I think changed for them, where, you know, like, this is a legitimate team, and then, you know, we could even talk about, like, the offseason, too. You know, that was kind of, like, a bittersweet time for me and my yeah. uh, young... I, before we move on, I have, to describe, I have to mention that, you know, I this is also the year I got really obsessed with the NHL game, so I memorized the Ducks, like, roster. <laughs> I think that's a perfect way for a kid to get into hockey, you know? Buy the games. Buy the games and just memorize the rosters. Yeah, yeah that's... Yeah, that's how I know most of the players. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, th- they had an interesting off season. Uh, obviously, uh, in that draft, they got Getzlav at 19th and Perry at 28th. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, 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 that's that's pretty darn good. Yeah, you may have heard of them. It, One of them has a heart trophy. Uh, you know, in. Over a thousand games, Getzlav has nine hundred and sixty-five points. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fourteen years at Anaheim, which was literally just up until last year, uh, he had nine hundred and eighty-eight games for seven hundred and seventy-six points. Three hundred and seventy-two of them were goals. And that was that. Is that Perry or that's Getzlav? Perry? That's Perry. Perry. So. Yeah. It, do you know who? Do you know they missed a couple guys? Um, that draft. Who did they miss? Uh, at twentieth overall, Brett Burns. Mm-hmm. At, I saw a pick gets not to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. At forty fifth overall. I know. Patrice Bergeron. Everyone, everyone messed up in the second round. <laughs> at forty ninth overall, Shea Weber. Let's go. Uh, and then these two guys were drafted in the two hundreds, but I'm gonna say them anyways. Uh, 205, Joe Pavelski, and 245, Dustin Bufflin. That's a good draft. Yeah. And shout yeah, out to old. Ryan Kessler, 23rd overall. We should do that one, one, one episode. We should try to redraft the 2003 good draft. Good lord. Okay, I'm down for it. I know Adam doesn't like it, but we're going to do it. This might be like the hardest one yet. We have to do it. We're going to go into June, July, and August with mm-hmm. no hockey. We would have done from the year 2000 up until uh, 2020. <laughs> we'll do all the redrafts. All right. Let's just put, um, just put 2003 redraft there. Why not? <laughs> This is one sidebar before you like move on to exclusively the Ducks. But the one thing I just remember from 03 in the second round was the Nashville Predators took two players in the second round before they took Shea Weber. Fools. Who? They took Konstantin Glaschev, 35th. Exactly. And then they took Kevin Klein, 37th, before they got Shea Weber, 49th. <sighs> that. Shea Weber, arguably the best national predator in history. It just—it's crazy. They took another defenseman before. I mean, like they got Ryan Suter seventh in that draft, which is you know, that's that's fine. But like in the second round, I'm like that's insane. You know, they've had some damn good defensemen. Yeah, yeah. like 
Weber, Alice. Ekholm. Now they have Fabro too. You, you, they had Seth Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they were forget about that. I always forgot they that. Bored to get rid of Seth Jones <laughs> for an underperforming Ryan Johansson. I mean, hey, hey, okay. To be fair, before that injury in the playoffs, it looked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ever, you ever, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say. That. I shouldn't say. That. All right. Oh, Not a right. voice says I shouldn't say this. Oh. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Like moving back to the Ducks. So this after that, you know, that was great. But the one thing that really kind of you know hurt me as a kid was yeah. Paul Korea promised he was going to be a Duck. He was sure going to resign. Did. And and then Team took- Solani called and said, "Hey, yes, we're going to Colorado." <laughs> Yeah, we're going to Colorado. You know, like Patrick Waugh just retired. They had the cap space to sign both these guys who took yeah. discounts. They're like, we want to win. You know, and that looked like a dynasty team. But, you know, yeah. that didn't really work out for the both of them. You know what the crazy thing is here? So I looked up what their salaries were. Uh, Paul Correa made $10 million the last year in Anaheim. This is obviously before the salary cap. In the one year he signed, the one year deal he signed in Colorado, he signed for one point two million dollars. Yeah, that's insane. I know that was like, that was like, that was kind of something too. That I was like, oh, Paul, I thought he was gonna be a duck forever. That's insane, and, and he wasn't the only guy to leave that year. Obviously, uh, Adam Oates uh, signed that one year deal with the Oilers, and you know. He put mm-hmm. up 45 points in 67 games. You yeah. said before, 13 points in 21 playoff games, and he was 40 years old. Yeah. So, yeah, it kind of left the team in a weird place, to be yeah. honest. You know, and then they, I think this was out of spite, maybe, but Sergei Fedorov leaves the Red Wings, takes less money right. to sign with the Ducks. Yeah, five, now, that, five years, 40 million. That was so random to me. I was like, what's what's going on? <laughs> yeah, so this one's an interesting contract. This is very non-current NHL. Obviously, this was before the salary cap and before they added all the stipulations um, that you can't have this, you can't have that. So this is this was from an ESPN article when they when he signed this contract. Uh, the contract terms are $10 million for 2003-2004, million in 04 and 05, oh, sorry, in 04 to 05, and $8 million a year for two, from 2005 and 6 through 2007 and 8. Uh, Fedorov also has the option to become a free agent after years 2 and 3 of the deal. Additionally, Fedorov is eligible for bonuses and contract revisions if he wins the Hart, Art Ross, Maurice Richard, or Conn Smythe trophies during the term of the contract. If he wins any of these awards, the contract could increase in value by approximately an additional $5 million. Yeah. Hey, so, you know what they say. You're better off with Fedorov. <laughs> I don't like... You know, getting into the regular like 2004 season, you know, he you know it's pretty decent. You know, it's he still had 31 goals, 34 assists, 365 points for as a 34 year old for like a pretty bad team. Like this team went 29, 35, and 10. They had 76 and points and eight, yeah, and eight, and, yeah, because and eight, ties. yeah, because yeah, ties yeah. were still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and 
you know, it was it the best year for our boy Jiguer. He only had 17 wins, 31 losses. Didn't he still have a 914 save percentage? Yes. Who's they kind of hug, who is they this hung guy? about the dry. They hung about the dry that year too. Who is this guy? Puts up 945 guy. save percentage in front of a team with Adam Oates as their leading scorer at the age of 40. Puts up, a so nine, puts up a 9-14 in a down year for the team. There wasn't much. Uh, for me, you know, I did. I was looking uh, the last few days at much about this team. I, I didn't have much to say. You know, it, it, was, it was obviously just an off year for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, we forgot someone. We forgot someone in 2003. Oh, yes. Chris Kunitz. Yes, that uh, was like an under-the-radar signing that I didn't think would become huge. Adam's favorite player who isn't in the Hall of Fame. No, no, I never said that. Yeah. I said that yeah. at this point in time, Chris Kunitz is a better claim to the Hall of Fame than John Tavares. He's also played how many more years than John Tavares? Canadian That's Olympians. The... Stop it. He... Daniel, you were – I don't think you were on the show for that debate. No. So, so let me let me tell you that. How many cups does Kunitz have now? Like four? Yes, four. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. So if 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 Tavares' career ended today, who would have a better claim for the Hall? John Wait, Tavares. How many points does Chris Kunitz have? Wait, but are we kind of count cups? Yeah. So is Corey Crawford better than Henrik Lundqvist? Oh. Okay. Hold okay. on. Oh. So I'm comparing two forwards. You you're just taking it a bit extreme, and you're saying, hey. A goalie. What do you mean, what? a goalie? They're completely different Lundquist positions. Lundqvist is much better than Corey Crawford. But John Tavares is much better than Chris Kunitz. Yeah, what, about Andrew, what about Andrew Shaw? Neither has Lundqvist. <laughs> Andrew Shaw has a better claim to the Hall of Fame oh than my God, I'm not having this discussion with you. Chris <laughs> Kunitz signed a two-year deal with the Ducks uh, coming out uh, from the NCAA at Ferris State University. I don't know where that is. Neither do I. Very I trust it. Eight? It's pretty funny. That year, they actually lost him to waivers to the yeah. Atlanta Thrashers, but then they reclaimed him. It's Isn't in Michigan, that, by the way. That's what happened this year with Eric Comrie. They <laughs> lost, lost him to waivers, then traded to Arizona, or, yeah, to Arizona, and then put on waivers, <laughs> and Winnipeg claimed him again. In literally a matter of like three months. Well, I wonder if he still had his old apartment. Hopefully. And then he's back like, hey, I'm okay. back, guys. I mean, until Seattle claims me. Woo. That's true. That guy deserves a chance, I think. He does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, either of you have anything else to say about the 0304 season? Anything that stands out to you? Uh, a young Joffrey Lupel oh, at 20 guy. with 34 points in 75 games. He was the Ducks' seventh overall pick in 2001. Uh, yeah. Before the injuries hit, he was supposed to be part of their future. Yeah. And then um, Lou just shut him up real quick. Man, just crazy. Just... A lot of like high-priced veterans that uh, – high-priced veterans on this team that you know I thought they were going to perform. Like, like We'll get to them later. Like Sanis Oslidge, yeah. Martin Skula. Well, he was 24th at the time. Keith Carney. Um, Steve Ruch was named captain for one year after Paul Correa left. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, 
Dude. We could go to like the off season. And, yeah. you know, that was a weird off season too, you know. It, it was an interesting draft, I think, for them. You know, they drafted Ladislav Schmidt ninth ninth overall. He spent one year in the AHL, put up seventy seven points. Yeah. And a year later traded to the Oilers. Yeah. And this was cool. the f- and this is an interesting one. Uh so it was it was Ladislav Schmidt, Joffrey Lupel. A 2008 first-round pick um, that turned into Jordan Eberle. A 2008 second-round pick, which turned into Travis Hamanick. And a 2007 first-round pick, which turned into Nick Ross for Chris Pronger. I think it was worth it. <laughs> I mean... Chris Pronger. It seems like it was what, worth it. What was the argument I think Adam Wilde made once on the SDB? He's like, yeah, you give me what I want because I'm basically handing you a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Noted noted, player everyone hates to play against, Chris Brown. I I remember that, so uh, I'm jumping ahead here, but, you know, the 05-06 season, we'll just jump ahead there because it was the lockout, 2005. Yeah, and don't forget about Dustin Penner. Oh, yes, our boy. Uh... And Perry and Getzlaff officially signed their ELC contract. Yeah, uh, Mike Babcock bolts for Detroit. He doesn't want to resign. Coward. So in comes Randy Carlisle. Hey, Randy. good yes. one, Randy. I'm- good one. <laughs> A good, solid Brian Burke guy. Forgot to mention too, Brian Burke comes. In. Brian Burke. <laughs> Forgot that. Yeah, Mister Truculence himself. So you know, sunny days are back in Anaheim. Truck. <laughs> Well, you know, they did they not? They just brought in, uh, oh my god, they just drafted Bobby Ryan second overall. Mm-hmm. As Brian Burke likes to say, they almost got Sidney Crosby, but they didn't. They got apparently, um, Bobby Brian Ryan. Burke. I remember, uh, he said in an interview where he wanted Jack Johnson second overall, but his scouts were like, no, take yeah. Bobby Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> they should have said Anze Kopitar, Kerry Price, but you know. Oh. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. Bob Gainey tried to get Kopitar to be a hab for a year. Like he just can't. It's always the thing that. He, oh no! Stop! Stop it! Oh, oh five redraft. Let's go. Yeah. Oh five okay. redraft. Okay. Um, James Neal goes back to second. No. <laughs> Real deal. Um, you know they also Timo Solani obviously comes back this year on a one year, uh, one million dollar contract. That's insane. That, to that's me, that's personally. insane. But that's not even the best part about their free agency that year. Uh, I know they bring <laughs> in Scott Niedermeyer, four years, six point seven million dollars uh, AAV. That was crazy for me. Um, you know, he takes a pay cut to come to Anaheim. He wants to play with his brother. He yeah. wants to win there. Um, to be honest, you know, it's kind of bittersweet, too. Like, you know, it's the end of the Devils' dynasty, I, I think. You know, they make it to the finals one more time. But this is when, I don't know, like, Lou Lamorello has this weird thing when he was with the Devils where he just would not re-sign anyone in the yeah. offseason. Yeah, because like, they wouldn't sign, they trade, uh, he would trade them. Yeah, like, he just he never re-signed them. tactic. Yeah. Now he uh, just re-signs everyone and anyone to see <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Sam, Leo, come around. Uh, so, yeah, all that stuff happens. And, you know, one of the sad things is this is when they announced that Disney doesn't want to own the team anymore. So they are selling it. So this is the last year, 2005, 2006, the last year they're mighty. Right. 
what's crazy like Scott Inmar becomes captain immediately for this team once <laughs> he course. signs of course uh, Solani's back and okay well um, I know um, Alex you have a lot more notes on this one but yeah five games into the season Brian Burke trades Sergey Fedorov to the Columbus Blue Jackets for Francois Boschman Tyler Wright and as a corresponding move he gets Todd Marchand off waivers from the Blue Jackets yeah yeah i mean it seemed like it, it that was one of the issues obviously that was really um perry and Getzlap's first pro year because obviously there was the lockout they were sent back both sent back obviously to uh perry was sent back to the london knights put up a great had a great year Getzlap was sent back to uh calgary hitman in the whl had a great year um but you know, it, it it was an it was a difficult decision, and he, apparently uh, Burke didn't like the dressing room, and it seemed like he was kind of, not calling out, but it seemed like Sergei Fedorov seemed to be uh, somewhat the issue. This is a paraphrase quote. It says, "And Sergei Fedorov was a great player, but he was not into our team at the time. He spent lots of time in LA, and we just had wrong leadership." Uh, wrong leadership group in the room. So I called up Perry and Getzlav and I said, I'm about to do the most unfair thing, but I'm sending you down. You cannot learn at the knee of someone who's not focused on our team. Uh, you cannot learn from someone whose top priority isn't to win games. Uh, so I told them that they need to go down, tear it up, but if they play hard, uh, I'll bring them back up. So he, I believe they were brought back up after he was traded. Mm-hmm. Which is like surprising to me because I'm like, like yeah, there were a lot of veterans in that locker room. Like you know, Peter Sikora was still there, Sanders Oslidge, Keith Carney, and like Scott Ingermeyer is your captain. Like I always yeah. assumed like that would be like the right, I guess, I guess like the right levels of leadership there. But like you know, I guess Fedorov was still like that influence, like that influence on these young guys. Right. Um, I'm surprised he. Like, you know, this, this is a guy who comes from the Red Wings dynasty years. Like, he didn't want to win. Yeah, it's... Man, it's Fedorov. I mean, again, Fedorov with Fedorov, there's a bit of a lull there. Well, it's mm-hmm. funny. Uh, I was listening. He uh, Burke was on Spin Chicklets, and he was talking about uh, Sergei Fedorov's brother, Fedor Fedorov. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it was just the opposite, uh, the opposite issue. It seems like... Uh, he with Fedor, it was that he just couldn't put the things together. But he was a really good guy. Whereas with Surrey, mm-hmm. it seems like the the, the uh, issue was the opposite there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, speaking of Ryan Burke, and this all kind of all came out uh, all at once, kind of uh, over the last few weeks that I noticed at least. He tried to make two, um, I, I would say, monumental trades at the time. Uh, with this team, obviously, this is the year uh, they went forty-three, twenty-seven, and twelve, uh, ninety-eight points. Finished sixth in the West, uh, lost to Edmonton in the conference finals. Funny enough, uh, last year, I believe in the East, all the lower-seeded teams won. Yeah, correct. So that year in 0506, all the lower seeded teams won in round one in the West, but all the higher seeded teams won in round one in the East. Wait, wait, wait! Like all the division leaders won last well, it year. Was, like, it was one to eight. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It, I, I just, I just mean like it, it, in reference to last year, it was the division leaders, not all the higher seeds. Just because Boston yes, were yes, a higher yes, technical yes. seed. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, Bad Draycroft years. <laughs> stop, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Um, okay, so he tried to make two impact trades. He almost traded for Keith Kachuk, and he was with the Blues at the time. And apparently, Bobby Ryan would have been involved in the deal. And this would be not even a year later after Bobby yeah. Ryan was drafted. That's crazy to look back on. Like, I know Keith was like, you know, the premier power forward then, but like, you know, that second overall pick, like, I guess like Brian Burke, even at that point, was like, Maybe he was so dissatisfied with that Bobby Ryan pick. I don't know. Well, you look at you know you look at the Chris Pronger trade uh, that yeah. he would make, and you know you're giving up assets to win now, and and you look at what the team did without Keith Kachuk, mm-hmm. he, they probably would have won that year. Right. That was like yeah. That was yeah. That it, was an it, interesting they year. Pro- potentially could have won oh five oh six and oh six oh seven. Now, the second trade that Brian Burke uh, tried to make was for Joe Thornton. Now, this was the year he was being moved uh, from Boston to what would be San Jose. Uh, This was in a tweet. I tried desperately to get Joe Thornton to Anaheim. I thought we beat uh, the offer that got accepted. Mike O'Connell was the Bruins GM, uh, and we were babysitting him, uh, which was just checking him in on him once a day, sometimes more. Uh, I told OC that I would protect five players on my roster and he could take whoever he had ranked sticks, no restrictions. Then I'd add another roster player, a prospect and a first. I'm still better. We didn't get him. That was been amazing. If they got him, like, I don't know, like, you know, looking back is like maybe guess after Perry would have been part of that trade. Well, but you look at the five players that would have been protected. Let's it gets laugh Perry Niedermeyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pro, was Pronger there at that point? I no, he came in 0607. Okay, so Perry Niedermeyer. Oh my god, I confused myself. Gesslaff Perry, Gesslaff Perry Niedermeyer Jaguar, obviously. And who's the uh, fifth player I'm missing? Uh, I don't know. I guess it would probably at that point be what. Andy McDonald because like this is before like this is when he really tore it up okay Andy McDonald so they they get a like who would they get you obviously um, Bobby Ryan would probably be part of that deal as well Joffrey Lupul Joffrey Lupul um, Ilya Berzgalov okay he's on yeah. the team first year first Justin Penner maybe yeah 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 so that would have been interesting to happen. Like it's it was that was a funny like tidbit like we got to see recently with uh what would have been if Joe Thornton went to the Ducks instead of the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, it would be completely I really think that either one of these trades, I I don't think he would have made both of them. I think you it, it really would have been one of them. That really could have pushed them over the limit that year. Mm-hmm. And and then you look at well you look at what happened with the uh, Chris Pronger trade, and do, does he make that Chris Pronger trade the year after? You know, now you're giving up 
he's he's saying he would have given up the sixth best player on his team, a, another roster player, a prospect, and a first, and then a year later gives up two prospects, two first round picks, and a second round pick to win that year with Chris Pronger. Do you do that? Two, do you do that trade two years in a row? Mm, Maybe that's not. true. I I like the Pronger one a lot better. You know, it balanced out the defense a lot more. Right. And to think you had two Hall of Famers on your blue line like that. Yeah. And you get to win it like that. That that was that was pretty crazy. Um, we look back in 0506. That was a funny year because I cheered against Chris Pronger like crazy on the Oilers. Like I remember. When I was at school, everyone was cheering for the Oilers because they're like, we need a Canadian team to win. I'm like, no, I'm all for the Ducks. And even in the finals, I'm like, I'm all for the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> like, I cheered against the Oilers. Like, this is the entire run. <laughs> I mean, I don't, Chris Pronger's not a very... Like, no. It's weird now because he's an executive, but like, there's always been that thing around, like, people just hated him. Yeah. Like, there's Brad Marchand's level, and then there's the stuff you hear about Chris Pronger. Right. Yeah. He was that guy. Um, I remember people called me a hypocrite. Like, it was like, I'm like, oh, man, you know, Chris Pronger is such a dirty player. And then the summer before 06, 07, I'm like, man, the Ducks got Chris Pronger. <laughs> like, they, like, they're going to win the cup this year. Well, it's the same thing now with Brad Marchand, right? You look at yeah. every, all the Boston Bruins fans love Brad Marchand, and everyone – Hates him, but if he's on your team, you freaking love Brad Marchand. No yeah. questions. Man, uh, Daniel. Also, you probably would have been messed with. I, I, I don't want to say another word, but like, let's be honest. A few years after that, with Corey Perry, you also wouldn't have had much ground to stand on. Yeah, that's what people tell me a lot too. Like, why do you like Corey Perry so much? He's on my. He was. He was on my team. Exactly. He's he's still my guy, you know. Like Dallas doesn't hurt me in Toronto, so you know he's still my guy. Even after that, the walk of shame. Oh yeah, I keep that watching was, that. That was so hilarious. You know, whoever whoever put the Green Day song on top of that <laughs> is an absolute genius. Absolutely. Did he Corey Perry. Ooh. Yeah. He's still thriving. No. No. Is he? No, he's not retired. Let's just get his numbers up, he's shall not, we? He's not retired. I don't I don't necessarily think he's thriving, but I think a team could use him. I don't know in what capacity. Quick question with you guys. Yeah. So we talked about the Cups debate. Um, I had this debate with another friend. Would you pick Corey Perry or Jeff Carter based on their career? Hmm. Uh, Perry I'd probably go with Corey Perry just because he's got that like Jeff Carter is not a, a, a nice player per se but Corey Perry is just Corey Perry's also he's one of those guys that's an expert of getting away you remember when he kind of fell on Cam Talbot against the Oilers yes yeah <laughs> I mean like like Corey Perry just has that perfect level of 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 skill, size, and snarl. Right. And like I don't, I'm just I'm, I've never been as high on Jeff Carter as other people have been. So I would take Corey Perry in a second. Okay. I think there's an I'll argument to be made for for Jeff Carter. Uh, you know, two way and two way, and he's a center. Mm-hmm. And I think we were talking about before he can't have enough centers. Um, but I think yeah. the edge good does go to Corey Perry. 
because I say uh, my friend always brought up the cups, and okay. uh, I I would always bring up the individual awards. I think Perry has more All Star games, and he has a Harden Mark and a Rocket Richard trophy. I mean, uh, I, I like uh, if if you're asking me to pick, like if I'm building a team, I'm like, all right, like I I get it, cups, but like Jeff Carter at the same time. Like, I mean, you still had Dowdy and Kopitar, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Harry, even through all these years, after you know, have Niedermeyer and that, I mean, who's their best defenseman on the Ducks? Like, it's been like Fowler, Lindholm, those guys are on the same level as the Drew Dowdy. And, and I mean, Getzlav and, and Kopitar, I mean, yeah, Getzlav versus uh, Kopitar is a bit of a throw-up, but, like, I, I don't know. I just, like, oh. Jeff Carter's great. I'm looking at his career. Yeah. Like, goal-wise, Perry's the better player. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. a center, but, like, he's core Perry, man. I mean, Let's not forget listen, he only in, had five in, goals in, this year, but 13, we still love him. 14, he was almost a point per game in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Who was this? Carter. Carter? Yeah, 14, uh, 13, 14. Was that was enough? That was a cup year. I'm assuming that no way they played yeah. 26 games didn't make. make That's when they beat the Rangers. Yeah, 25, 26, and he had 13 and 20. And like comparing it to Perry's numbers, uh, 14, 15, 18, and 16, 15 and 21. And oh, I'll just look at their totals. And in, in 118 playoff games, Perry has 89. In yeah. 120, yeah. Carter has 74. Okay, but how about the defensive part of the game? Are we not going to take that into account? Well, I That's mean. That's the issue, though, right? Like, Carter, I, I, if I'm picking Carter, it's not because. Of the points he puts up, that's that's the issue I I have. That's why I think there's an argument to be made for Jeff Carter. Like he does exactly what all they all say they want centers to do. Yeah, I, I, that's fair. I mean, you got I, like let's say if I'm I'm building. So what is this? If I'm building, I need some 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 background here. I'm starting a team from scratch, and I either have Perry or Carter as my first pick. Like, I have to take one of those two? Yes, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Just comparing them career-wise. Uh, I don't know. I know it's, like, different. It's, it is a bit iffy. I just – I can't get over, the like, just Perry's playing style. Of okay. Like, they're both physical, but pay, pay, with me, Perry's just, like – he gets he, he's the your pro that when we talk about the West and back in the days of the of the Anaheim Chicago LA Prime days, I mean Corey Perry is the exact type of player you would want there. Well, he gets yeah. to you, right? That's yes. what makes him so dangerous in a way is that he gets to you. Yeah. Right. Same way Brad Marchand does. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. There. All right. Even their point totals, like Perry's only ahead by like seventy-ish points too. So, I mean, yeah, like if I'm starting from scratch, I would take the center. But like, I, it's difficult for me to pass up on a guy like Corey Perry. Mm-hmm. He's good. I love him. Well, no, I don't. Him. But if he was a, if he was a hab, he'd be one of my. Then you love players. him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's like a, a Brendan Gallagher, but like you level him up three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess like one final thing. I guess is the 07 season. You know what was built on what was possible in 03. You know we talked about it already. They get the cup. 
But, you know, just insane numbers all around. Timo Solani has 94 points as a 36-year-old. Wow. Andy McDonald's, your top-line center, was undrafted, had 78 points. Scott Niedermeyer, at 33, has 69 points in 79 games. Uh, Chris Kunitz, 60 points. Chris Pronger, 59 points in 66 games. And a young Ryan Getzlaff at 21 has 58 points in 82 games. Corey Perry, 44 points in 82 games. Dustin Penner, 45 points in 82 games as a 24-year-old. And, you know, I'm not even remembering. I'm not even adding in the depth. And I remember they had that crazy third line where it was Samuel Paulson, I believe, uh, Rob Niedermeyer, and Travis Moen. That was like the line they never changed throughout the whole season. And, yeah, that was their checking line. What and, was J.S. Shiger's stats? For he the had thirty-six. Oh, for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so this was an interesting year. He didn't really do too well in the playoffs. Like he still had the thirteen wins. Well, he still did pretty well, but he actually missed a few games because his son was born oh, throughout the playoffs. You know what? That's fair. So yeah. who replaced him? <laughs> did, uh, did it was Ilya Briskalov? Ilya Birzgalov. Yeah. What? Briskelov <laughs> actually uh, he started the playoffs for them when Jiguer uh, went to be with his wife. So Briskelov, yeah. you know, he had he was three and one with a point nine two two save percentage, and he had two point two five goals against average Sounds against like Calgary. Smythe numbers right there. <laughs> when Riz, um, Riz has a cup then. Yeah, he has a cup. Yes. I never knew that. Good so, for him. Wait, so because he has a cup, does that mean he has a has more of a chance <laughs> to get in the Hall of Fame than John Tavares? Or no, because he's a goalie. That's different. Oh, okay. okay. Doesn't. Yeah. There's always it's always different. Yeah, but Unless still, it's Chris solid. Kunitz. It's always different. Oh, of course. Yes. This is you know the emergence of Chris Kunitz that these past two years. You know this. You got to love the guy here. I'm so upset the Ducks traded it for Ryan Whitney. You know, that really bothers me that they did that. I'm proud of Ryan Whitney. Yeah, I love the guy. But, you know, by the time he left Pittsburgh, I don't know what happened to him. Probably wasn't, you know, influenced by Sidney Crosby anymore. Yeah. Like, in the, I don't think they ever played together, but just the influence-wise, I guess. Yeah. Um. So, with Jiguer's numbers, yes, he went 13-4. and four. Had a point nine two two save percentage and his goals against average was one point nine seven. Scrub. <laughs> you know what's so funny is <laughs> you say nine two two and and you before like yeah you know he didn't really have that good of a playoff. <laughs> Guy put up nine two two save percentage. <laughs> you know, it's not it's, it's not point nine four five you know like oh three but you know it's still great. How many shutouts did he have? Like ten. <laughs> He had one. Oh so. no! Yeah, Go just ahead. one. Not Shucks. not five this year. Shucks. So we we agreed unanimously that Connor Hellebuck we would give the best yes. to right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So and and, and you're saying Daniel like oh nine twenty percent percentage and whatever. In fifty eight games played, Connor Hellebuck has a nine twenty two save percentage. <laughs> so different situation though. He didn't have Chris Pronger and Scott. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. I, that's true. That's true. I'm, I'm just saying. That's true. He deserves it, by the way, this year. He deserves it. So yeah, who won the Conn Smythe that year? Was it Jagger? It was No, it was Scott Niedermeyer. Unbelievable. Who had 11 points in 21 games. But, you know, he was the backbone. He played almost 30 minutes a game. Good it's, yeah, like, it's like Duncan Keith won it, right? Yeah. yeah. 
not the numbers, but it's like this guy's not going to get off the ice. That was crazy. Like I'm looking at their ice time from that that playoff run. Chris Pronger played over 30 minutes a game. Wow. Scott Edermeyer played almost 30 minutes. Um, was anyone else yeah. on the ice or? <laughs> well, no like need. it was. Yeah, no need. It's pretty balanced too. Like, oh, Francois Boschman played over 30 minutes a game. What? How? Yeah. Who else was on the ice? Literally, <laughs> well, said, no one. It's Sean O'Donnell. Uh, like, yeah, Getzlaff had 21 minutes. Like, you know, their forwards, they were so deep on forward that yeah. everyone kind of averaged more or less the same on their top six. Um, guys, I'm, I'm, I, something's bothering me. So I'm, I, who had both of LA's consummate trophies? I'm guessing Jonathan Quick had one. Justin Williams. Oh yes, yes. Justin Williams had one, and I, I'm gonna assume Jonathan Quick had the, another because he. I remember one year he just stood on his head. Yeah. And then it just all went downhill the last two years. I'm sorry. They all they all thought it was Marion Gabrick gonna win it, but Justin Williams got it. Okay, yeah, it was it was Quick in 2012 and 2014. It was Justin Williams again. Yeah. yeah. Absolute beast, Mister Game Seven. Yes. yes. Mister Game Seven. I think they really did the oh the 2000 draft and he went like second overall and I'm like okay well that that's that's one we got it like you know Henrik Lundqvist went first but that's like one we got to look back on too I think oh god that when, was the year I was born you want me to do a redraft of 2000 here's what uh, we do we need to just do like five drafts at a time and only do the top five and two okay, okay. oh that's so boring we gotta do the top ten or top there, fifteen each year. I, I think saying, all right, so you chose this player seventh. Daniel, who did you do with? So, Alex, how about you? I don't think that's very fun. Is going to reach your point? Like, Alex, who'd you take 211th overall? I'm not saying we have to do 10 (laughs) rounds. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we need to do a little more than five. Well, how about we do do 10? Yes, 10. Okay, 10. We'll do 10. All right. I'm just going to redraft from 99 to 2019 just in case. Oh. Mm-hmm. Just so that we can be like, oh, seven. There you go. Just in awesome. case. Yeah. We did. <laughs> All right. One, did we do 20? Was it 2008 or 2007 we did? With 2008. Okay. Good. Good. I wouldn't mind so doing do 2011 that. again. 2011 what? would be interesting. Or 2010. There's so many guys. Morgan Riley goes first, and everyone else is yeah. just. Uh, can we do 2012? <laughs> 2012 is Morgan Riley. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I don't know why I said who was 2011. 2011 Huge. was Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Huge. Huge. Well, yeah, that was Taylor Tyler, wasn't it? No, no. no that, that was, was the, That was the year before. Why did I think that Ryan Nugent Hopkins was Taylor Hall? I, I don't, don't know. <laughs> same team. I mean, same failures. Uh, whoa, they, whoa, whoa. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is darn good second line center. Doesn't want anything, though. Yeah, what are Have hearts? you seen the team that is built around them? Yeah. Literally okay. the next year, they picked Neil Yakupov. Everyone, it was a complete bust. And don't say, oh, we didn't know. Literally, I, I think even Brian Burke said it. He said, I don't know what, like, we just, as soon as Neil Yakupov was selected, it just seemed like everything just hit the fan. Well, no, everyone, it was a consensus that he was going to go top five. Brian Burke said a lot of teams had Ryan Murray over Neil Yakupov. 
Yeah, but I mean, you can't blame Neil for. Plus, of all, yes, like I the do. guy had so many coaches too. Like, no, I blame Neil Akbar. Have you heard the story that uh, uh, his draft interview? What he had a bad. Oh, yeah, he had an like awful the, interview. Yeah, and like the scout got so mad. So it's just like it's a second language. I'm assuming. No, he, he was just. It like, had nothing to do with the language. He was just extremely arrogant. Oh, was he? Yeah, it was, had nothing to do with the language. It was how he answered the questions. Wow. Wait, well, what do you mean he was arrogant? Because there's a difference of, like, what if we don't draft you? I'm going to score lots of goals on you. Like, no, what was it, like, no, like, no, like no. Philip Sedina? Well, that was afterwards, and he's like, I'm going to fill the fucks with net. Yeah, but that was that was the, a good guy. What do you mean? Like, what did he actually say? That I don't was... remember the interview off the top of my head. I apologize. I remember Brian Burke saying it was a, not a good interview, and it had nothing to do with it being a second language. We need to do an episode of that draft, and we need to we need to do a deep dive on Neil Young. Okay, he, right. he talks about it on Spin Chicklets. Listen to the episode with Brian Burke. All right. Check it out. All right, before we move forward, 07, the pinnacle of our Ducks fandom, I think. Um, You're a Ducks fan. Yes. I was eight. Yes, now you guys know the origins of this entire run in my childhood that made me a Ducks fan. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. I know we're all curious about that. Well, that was going to say I saw a tweet yesterday. Saying, what was your first experience of sports heartbreak? And I really had to think about it. I'm like, what was it? And I had to go back. And then I realized it was 2013. I'm like, things were not the same. I was just scarred. You became a man after. Like, you know, by the time you left, like, the couch, you had a full beard on. You're like, I'm no longer a a young guy. I almost (laughs) punched a wall. That's... Uh, it probably wouldn't have hurt because there was so much adrenaline of pain running through me. Was yours? Wait, then, then Daniel, do you think your first heartbreak was probably when three? Oh, three. Yeah, the entire summer of oh three. You know, it was a cruel summer. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, Adam. What is yours? Heartbreak. Sports heartbreak. Oh, oh, um, Carey Price, Chris Kreider. Oh, that was that one was hard. Man, that was that and uh, that and man, PK was pretty bad. And also, at 2017 when they got eliminated because I just had there were so much high hopes. But probably it was Kreider, Kreider Price because you knew it was done. You knew it. They weren't getting in. They were averaging like who the, was your backup goalie? Halak. Uh, it no Halak was gone. Uh, no, it was it was um. So it started with Peter Budai. Oh, fun. Then they were like, yeah, no. And then it was Dustin Tokarski, who actually did a decent job, but there was no goal support. And, 2019 uh, World Junior Goalie Gold Medal Champion Dustin Tokarski. 2009? Yes. His, uh, you know what, really, because you know how at the Hall of Fame, like, you f- see a bunch of the masks? His World Junior mask is there, actually. Awesome. It's a you nice he was pretty bad, though. Like, if you look at his stats, like, he's had a stacked team in front of him. Hey. He has the gold medal. You know what? Montreal have one of those you know prospects. Who, one second. You know who else but, didn't do very well at uh, World Juniors? Let me pull up his statistics for uh, Daniel here once it, uh, <laughs> once it pops up. He already knows who it is. Uh, Yaroslav Askarov. 
Five games. You didn't do well. Five games. Two seven one goal goals against average. Eight seven seven save percentage. Wait, was he worse than Spencer Knight, or was Spencer Knight better? Ooh, that's a very good question. I'll search that up. It's okay. Spencer Knight. Joel Hol- Joel Holfer, you know, saved the team. The Canada, for Canada for Canada. Yeah. Uh, this year or last year? Or no, he didn't play last year. This year, uh, no, but he did worse than Spencer Knight. Spencer Knight, uh, well, he only played four games. I don't know what his win loss is because it's not showing me because I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But uh, nine thirteen save percentage. Okay. Well, you know, he's a young guy. You know, he's still developing. Uh, Askarov, you know, the harder competition in the KHL. Maybe he was just tired. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming up with uh, excuses here for Yaroslav Askarov. That's uh, getting some stuff on my phone. I think it's telling me that Daniel's making some excuses. <laughs> okay. What's that? Who's the name of the Sharks guy? The sh- the goalie the Sharks just signed? We uh, talked about it. Al- no. Anyway, whatever. He'll be better. He's supposed to be better than Askarov. Yeah. Wow. That's a stretch, you know. Oh, Alexi Malinic, Alexi yeah. Malinchuk, or something. I'll, I'm gonna pull it up. That sounds, yeah, sounds right. Hey, is there what else? Do we? Is that everything for the Ducks then? Yeah, I'm satisfied. Thanks, guys. This was really fun to do this episode. It's, hey, I mean, it's Alexi Melnichuk. Okay. Well, Daniel, it's your birthday. We hope you do have a good one. Uh, listeners, uh, tweet at Daniel. And that, and uh, and tell him happy birthday, man. Yes, we love you. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Thanks, make guys. sure to um, check out the Instagram page for the podcast. If you're not following it, you should follow it. Yeah, Why are you? if you're not watching this on YouTube, go check out the YouTube uh, page. Um, you'll see our beautiful faces. We people need to do that more. We got we got to get going on YouTube. Uh, um, and you know, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review wherever you're listening. Do whatever you can. Just make sure you come back next episode because yeah. we love you. And well, one more thing, Dan. Uh, sorry, not Daniel. Adam, I'm I'm still waiting for this uh, Andre Markov Alex Romanov video. Processing. Processing. Okay, so we're awesome. gonna we're gonna see uh, this video come out soon. We're gonna debut it on this channel because I'm excited. We've been waiting so long for it. Yeah. Now, hey, and also keep your eye out for a building Lego video. Want to put that out on your pa- mm-hmm. on your channel? Why? No, I should no. find it. Yeah, not us. Oh, not I should find a channel? smaller. No. I should find a smaller set then for now. I yeah, man. I don't know, Daniel. I can't wait till you build that Batmobile. It's a nice part of the background because you can clearly you can see Alex is a Alex is one. Um, you get yours up there. I mean, I obviously have the best background because you know, yeah. care price yeah. on that. I'd see. I don't know if you can see it, but like right there is my Patrick Law bobblehead. Oh, I can't see it. Oh. Is he wearing a Colorado cool. jersey? He, he actually is Colorado themed. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, end the episode, okay? Uh, make sure you like, follow, subscribe, do whatever you can to the podcast, the Instagram page, and to the YouTube page. See you guys Thanks, on guys. Wednesday.